you know, my freshman and sophomore year, my dad was very hard on me. Um, he said after high school, told me that there were days where he just went home and was like, man, I was so hard on her. I probably shouldn't have said that much, but looking back, I'm thinking like, wow, I actually deserved that in the time because if I smoke a layup or if I, you know, turn it over again, I deserve to hear it. So really like there's a whole level of accountability with being a coach's kid, but it's also very rewarding at the end because, you know, I had the whole community rally around me and I was blessed. Live from Gil Silva Family Studio in Salinas, California, the salad bowl of the world. Welcome to the podcast designed to inspire the only one built with ganas. You're going to work harder than you ever worked before. And the only thing I ask from you is ganas, desire, haircut. If you don't have the ganas, I will give it to you because I'm an expert. From the founders of Gill Basketball Academy that empowers youth to play hard, work hard, study hard, and overcome obstacles. People can't do something themselves. They want to tell you you can't do it. You want something, go get it. Period. Real interviews with real people about real life. You, me, or nobody is going to hit as hard as life. But it ain't about how hard you hit. It's about how hard you can get hit and keep moving forward. How much you can take and keep moving forward. That's how winning is done. And now it's time for Ganas, leading from the heart. This episode was sponsored by Plaza Properties. Plaza Properties and Dan O'Brien have managed departments in Salinas since the 1980s. Plaza Properties believes in the mission of the Gill Basketball Academy and is proud to contribute to our podcast. Hello, everyone. Welcome to another episode of Ganas, leading from the heart. I am Jose Gill, coach teacher, father, husband, and a lifelong believer in ganas, which translates to desire. I would like to introduce you to my co-host, Janelle Medina, incoming eighth grader at a local middle school and a four-year academy member of GBA, and Nayeli Gil Silva, my daughter, um, eighth grader as well, and a lifelong basketball player in our academy since she was born. She had no other option but to be in our academy. So uh, we're excited to, to be hosting this show um, with our special guest today. We're excited to have today on the show Maddie Campbell, Division I women's basketball player at USC, the Trojans. How you doing, Maddie? Yes, sir. Thank you. I'm good. How are you? Great. Thank you. Um, girls, you guys excited to have her on the show? Yep. Yes. We've been looking forward to this because both Janelle and Nayeli aspire to play uh, college basketball as well. So when I told them that, that we were going to get you on the pod, uh, they got excited. So they're a little oh, nervous, but very excited. <laughs> well, thank you so much for having me. I love doing stuff like this. It's so fun. Yeah, and, you know, a little, a little background story. Uh, Maddie, Maddie and, and uh, her, her father, um, we, we share the similarities of working for well, – her dad and I worked at the Michael Jordan camp, and we were both commissioners of the camp, um, and we both – High school basketball coaches, both were art teachers, and you know all these you know similarities that. And uh, Maddie was a, uh, you know, attending uh, Michael Jordan flight school for many years, and so it's pretty awesome that when you know following her, following your 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 path and and your journey, to to all your accomplishments in high school and now what you're doing at USC, it's it's I, I commend you, and I'm excited for everybody to know your story, Maddie. Well, thank you so much. Maddie, can you please tell us a little bit about yourself, family, basketball experience so far at USC? 
Um, yeah, so I'm entering my third year at USC. My first year for my freshman year, I had to redshirt because I, in the first week of official practice, um, got hurt with my back. So I had to take that year after surgery and just medical redshirt. So that year was mainly for learning, um, just soaking in everything that I could. Um, I really lived through my teammates that year because being on the bench is hard. Um, coming from a program where you, you know, are just used to like things being run around you. Um, everyone in the stands knows you to dang, you know, I'm kind of sidelined right now. And so I really just took that year. It humbled me so much. Um, I loved it. I wouldn't trade it. Um, I'm just truly blessed to be in that position because not many people could say they had a back injury. And so it really taught me a lot. Um, so then heading into second year, then we get hit with COVID. So I am a rising junior, but I still have four years of eligibility left. So not many people can say that, which I'll hopefully get a couple master's degrees out of it. But I love it. Everything about the school, the weather, the atmosphere among the other athletes, um, you know, everyone just loves each other. It's a great environment. It's very healthy, and I love it. So you you growing up in the in the Fresno area, right? Can you talk a little bit more about that? You know, because I know it, you guys built a powerhouse there. And uh, reflecting back in time, um, you played for your father at uh, Clovis West High School in Fresno, um, yeah. one of the top high school basketball programs in the entire state of California. Uh, can you talk us talk to us a little bit more about that experience? How it was playing for your father because. Uh, um, not everybody has that opportunity, right? Yeah, for sure. So I loved like just the whole experience. Um, you know, it's a feeder school. So I started all the way from, I transferred to a close West school in third grade, but I was playing in like the, um, like little hoopsters all the way through. So I was really raised like, you know, I knew all the players, all the coaches from all the teams, even before I was in, junior high middle school or sorry junior high high school um so from that i was able to make so many connections if i was ever in the gym and someone walked in it was like oh shoot that's that's her she's fine you know so like a lot of benefits came from it but you really had to do the work to get there um so so i just really learned a lot you know my freshman and sophomore year my dad was very hard on me. Um, he said after high school, told me that there were days where he just went home and was like, man, I was so hard on her. I probably shouldn't have said that much, but looking back, I'm thinking like, wow, I actually deserve that in the time because if I smoke a layup or if I, you know, turn it over again, I deserve to hear it. So really like there's a whole level of accountability with being a coach's kid. Um, but it's also very rewarding, very rewarding at the end because, you know, I had the whole community rally around me and I was blessed. Um, every time I go back, I see everyone I know, everyone I haven't seen in the year. So it's a really cool experience. And I just know I'm very well taken care of through the close West community. When you, when you step ground on us at USC, um, and your first, you know, actual meeting or practice or conditioning session or whatever, right? Tutorial you guys had. Um, mm -hmm. Listening to the coaches speak, was there similarities in saying, oh my God, my, my father taught us this or my father, you know, is the same way because uh, the fraternity of coaches, of course, is very universal and uh, a lot of the language is very similar, right? So 
Was mm-hmm. that um, something that uh, came or you you heard before or it was just natural for you to be like, okay, I understand the grind because I went through it with my father? Yeah, so a lot of it was, um, what's it called? I'm trying to think of the word. It's just like the bare minimum and just qualities that you need to have, such as like being hardworking, accountable, on time, just everything that, um, you know, like good life skills. So those were very common, but in terms of basketball, um, it was like hustle, rebound, like you need to get that, you need to, so a lot of the terminology terminology and reactions that they would have like like pointers they would give like a lot of that was very similar um we would have we would hear things like you can get a better shot than that um or that's not a great shot in your skill set and so i think that's really good for players to hear on all levels and so that was definitely something that i recall being similar what memory do you have uh playing for your father that you always uh hold close to your heart you know um, was it was it a, a certain experience, a tournament, a game? Um, is there something that stands out, you know, to where mm-hmm. you can reflect back on and say, man, you know, that was a amazing journey? Yeah. Well, my just hands down best high school basketball experience was winning our state championship in my sophomore year. Um, I have a ton of funny stories if you want to hear it. Let's go. Let's hear them. <laughs> um, so there was one time um sophomore year also and we were in Hawaii for a tournament and it was in the championship game and I had just we were up at the time and so I just had a huge brain fart and it was the last like minute or so and I had a huge brain fart to where I fouled for some reason and we shouldn't have fouled because we were up and so I sent her to the line and he immediately like during the timeout, like grabs me by the jersey and like gets this close to my face and is like, don't you ever do that again? Like, da, 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 like just screaming, like you name it. It was funny, but like looking back, <laughs> it was funny. Yeah, but yeah. in the moment you're just like this. <laughs> but that was the first time I'd ever been grabbed by the jersey. <laughs> but, That's um, cool. It really like things like that, like you hold on to forever. Like it wasn't in the moment, it was not fun. And driving home after was not fun. But, um, like, that really, I don't know, like, in a way, it's, like, a special moment to look back on, even though it's kind of weird to say that. But mm-hmm. it is because me and my dad have this different bond where he can do that. and He can yell at me. And he can push me as hard as he wants to because we have that relationship and that connection. And, you know, I'm blessed, again, to even have a coach who cares that much. Thanks for sharing that story with us. Now let's talk about your 28 D1 offers coming out of high school. How difficult was it choosing USC? It was very difficult. And to be honest, um, my advice to any young recruit who's going through the recruiting process is to enjoy it because I didn't allow myself to enjoy it. Um, I just found it too difficult and was stressing too much over it rather than just taking my time to sort through things and, you know, just weeding out the not bad ones, but the, you know, the ones I just felt weren't right, but I just didn't enjoy it. So it was very hard. Um, I committed my junior year, end of my junior year, because I was just like, I want this over with. Um, I only took two visits, official visits. So I just, for me, when I finally chose, I was like able to breathe, able to like lift that weight off my shoulders. Um, 
but I think one of the hardest things was deciding who was genuine and who was not in the process. Cause there are a lot who are simply pol- politic driven, if that makes sense. Like they, you know, are just doing their job rather than doing their job and building relationships and keeping your best interests in mind. So once I was finally able to pick it and come to a decision and like when I felt it, that it was the right fit for me, then I'm like, okay, thank you. Because it was hard. Wow. And and uh, were there top three choices that were kind of in your final decision making? Yeah, so I would say my final, I kind of had like six towards the end. Okay. It was USC, it was USC, Indiana, Michigan, Florida, Utah, and Dayton. Um, so those were kind of the main ones that stuck out to me. And then by the time it was time to decide my visits, then I left out Michigan and Florida. So then I only took visits to USC and Indiana. So it went from six to four to really quick um but i think like when you know you know so if you're like eh, i don't know i might want to go on this visit it's like i didn't even want to do that like some people might but i was just like that's just too much for me i don't want to be even more confused you know so it was a lot reflecting back in time is there anything you would change from your past in regards to your mental preparation for big games while in high school um i personally don't think so i attacked every game as if it was, you know, a Valley Championship or State Championship. Um, one thing my dad does a great job of instilling in his players is we don't play down to our competition. And so whether you're playing someone who's, you know, never even been heard of or whether you're playing the returning state champions, like you should always prepare and always attack. So my mentality never changed game to game. You are now entering your junior year playing Division One basketball at USC in the Pac-12. What have been some of your most memorable experiences and difficult challenges? My most difficult has for sure been my back surgery and having to watch from the sidelines. Um, that was the hardest thing, one of the hardest things I've ever had to deal with because um, I've, never, I've never been sidelined by an injury. So I was the first person in my class to commit. I was the person who brought everyone else here in my class. I helped bring people from other classes here. And so I take great pride in like recruiting as a player. And so when I couldn't play myself, like I really just had to live through my teammates. Um, But again, like I mentioned, like the first minute, like I wouldn't change it because it really built me into the person I am. Um, So yeah, it was hard Um, just to kind of go down a little rabbit hole for PT like after surgery it was a 12-month recovery and I had to learn how to walk again I had to learn how to flex my core I had to learn I couldn't even like walk on a treadmill for about four months um I couldn't do PT for a whole month after surgery and the first day was literally me flexing my core and unflexing and flexing and unflexing. And I was just so frustrated because I'm like, how do I go from getting everything and winning everything that I did in high school to not even being able to flex my core right now? Like I just feel helpless. And so that was a really humbling experience. I had to learn how to run again. I had to learn everything, um, how to do a squat, like literally a back injury is nothing to play around with. Um, so that was definitely the most difficult thing I've experienced while being here. Um, I would say the best would be 
like making my first layup in practice, making my first shot in practice, because from high school to my first game, I hadn't played for 20 months because um, it was a 12 month recovery, but before, like when we didn't play that time. Um, and so 20 months is a long time to, you know, not be in front of people, not make shots, any of that. Um, and so I'm kind of glad that we didn't have fans this year because I was able to get my feet wet without that extra pressure right in my ear. Um, but yeah, definitely my best moment aside from like winning and doing everything that we were able to do this year, um, which we hope to accomplish that times two this year, hopefully. Mm-hmm. Um, but it was really just making my first shot because there's nothing like that after a 12 month recovery, like nothing like it. So I think I really held my fall through for like two minutes, <laughs> but yeah, definitely that. Well, thank you for sharing that story of resiliency because it's, it's, it's a truly an amazing story, your recovery. And I was always telling your pops, I was following them. I mean, we're texting each other. I'm like, man, she's strong. She's mm-hmm. going to come back. And you know, sometimes you. you just need that little extra, um, positive, right. Uh, how can I yeah. say go momentum to help? But you know, we were we were all rooting for you, and so uh, watching you, you so play much. and hitting those shots, I was like, oh, that was so awesome. So, yeah. what, what's been the toughest place to play in um, thus far, and uh, not just the Pac-12, but just in general, in and uh, any of your games, preseason or or conference? Yeah, it's kind of hard to say because we didn't have fans. Um, I've heard that with fans, it's like Oregon State, Stanford. I would have to say, like, from my experience only this year, Oregon was a tough one to play in. I don't know if it's the multi-tone core or if it's, like, I don't know what it was, but that was a hard gym to play in. Um, what's one other? I would say Colorado was kind of hard to play in because the elevation definitely gets you. Um, but we'll see when we have fans this year. I'm excited. Who do you model your game after? There's a, there's a couple. I would say Michael Jordan is my biggest inspiration. Um, he's the goat. I don't want to hear any LeBron <laughs> fans, me, none of that. Um, I would say I also love Kobe, love his game, his whole Mamba mentality. Um, just the way he approaches life in general is very, very inspiring. I think something every athlete should partially model, at least partially. Um, after I like Steph Curry. Um, Kyrie, Damian Lillard, Kevin Durant. I like all their game. I like LeBron's game. Um, like the combo moves, finishing, finishing strong, but also being able to pull it out and shoot. Um, so all that's very good to integrate. What is your proudest moment as a scholar athlete? In high school or college? Um, both. Both, yeah. Both. Um, I would say in high school, I was a valedictorian and which that's pretty rare, like getting all A's. Um, that's pretty rare for athletes because you just simply don't have as much time as non-athletes. And so that was a hard thing for me was figuring out how to balance everything and figuring out how to, you know, have a social life in there somewhere and figure out how to get some sleep and you know, make time for your family and all that. But I would definitely say that was one of my proudest accomplishments. What advice do you have for listeners like myself aspiring to be future college basketball players? Um, like I said, during the recruiting process, just enjoy it. 
um, see things others are doing, do that. Um, something that I always told myself was, you know, if I'm sitting on my butt right now, someone else is getting work in. So that really pushed me to let's go to the gym. Let's go shoot outside. Let's go run around the neighborhood. Let's just, you know, go pound a ball outside for 20 minutes, like anything. Um, you just got to fall in love with it. And if you don't love it, then find something that you do love, not saying anyone, but saying like really fall in love with the process and just, you know, dedicate to it because if you do the work, then the results will follow. Um, but you can't not do the work and expect the results. So that's my biggest thing is just figure out something that works for you, a schedule or just a type of routine and just stick to it because it'll come. That's great. Uh, Ganas is the name of our show, and you exemplify that perfectly as an inspirational local homegrown athlete giving back to the community in Fresno because I know you're going back and helping out the, the younger generation, and mm -hmm. um, that's awesome. But what advice would you have for our podcast listeners when it comes to to the word Ganas effort, right? Mm -hmm. um, I would say just life in general. I'm going to take it the basketball route first okay. um, or sports. Um, so whatever sport you play, um, again, just fall in love with it. Um, there are days when you don't want to get up, whether you're mentally, physically drained, but do it anyway, because afterwards you're going to thank yourself. You might still be feeling groggy. You might still be feeling sleepy. You might still be feeling sick, whatever, but get up, do the work. And then all those days that you weren't going to, and you did, that will pay off in the end. You know, so just put that effort in, just find that motivation on days where you can't. Um, and then just life in general. There's so many life skills that I've learned from my sport and just other sports. Um, just by putting in the effort and just by showing up every day, showing up with a smile on my face, great attitude, because that's really the ticket in the door. And then do the work and then your reward will come. So as long as you're doing your part, it's impossible for results not to follow. Wow. What do you guys think, girls? Yeah. Some great, some good nuggets she's dropping, right? Mm -hmm. Wow. You know, as we wrap up our, our, our interview here with you, Maddie, uh, we uh, wanted to, of course, thank you for taking the time, right, out of your busy schedule, your grueling mm -hmm. schedule to be on with us. But we're going we're gonna to finish off with our final segment of our show. We call it the carne asada portion which is some rapid fire we're gonna throw some meat on the grill we're gonna put you on the grill here and uh, uh -oh. come, come at you with some questions so let's let's see what comes to mind when uh, we start with this okay so are you ready for this should we get you a, want like short responses well, it's up or to you. Like it is up to you responses. it's up to you it is up okay. to you so a little, little drum roll <laughs> here we go, go ahead begin. what's your favorite movie love and basketball that might be a little basic but favorite workout song I don't have one. I just like all R&B music. I'm not typical. Where I don't really like working out to rap music. I like R&B more. TikTok or Instagram? Instagram. Favorite basketball movie of all time? Oh, Coach Carter. Ooh. Hot Cheetos or Duckies? Hot Cheetos for sure. Lime ones. <laughs> Your favorite book and if you recommend it? Favorite book. Ooh. There was one. Uh, I'll just go with, I like the book Milk and Honey. It's, um, I don't know if you guys know what it is, but it's like full of this one girl's like just writings, like poems and all that. And it's just, it's a really therapeutic book in a way. So I like that one. 
Favorite concert you've ever been to? I haven't really been to many. I would say Selena Gomez because that was when I was like 12. <laughs> but I want to go to um, a Chris Brown concert. Your favorite WNBA team? Uh, what's the one with... Um, uh, sorry, I'm blanking right now. With Skylar Diggins. Is that... Oh, no, no, no. Liberty with Sabrina and all of them. Liberty for sure. Favorite WNBA player? I'm going to have to go Sabrina. That's a little biased because she's one of my friends. But um, honorable mention is Diana Taurasi, Elena Deladon, Maya Morris, Skyla Diggins. Nice. Your our starting five lineup of all time for women. Ooh. For women? Okay. Yeah. Okay, that's a good question. It's a hard question. Come that's on, Maddie. Great question. Oh wow. Okay. Um, I'm gonna say Brittany Griner at uh, five. Elena Deladon four. Uh, Diana Trossi one. Candace Parker two and. I'm gonna just do all current and that's fine. Allie Diggins three. Oh, that's a squad. That, that is, is a squad. squad. <laughs> do you want to play in the WNBA? Yeah. See, that was always a huge childhood goal of mine. Um, but the way they're paying these athletes, it's just not realistic to even make a living. Um, and so it is a dream of mine to play professionally. So whether I go overseas, play in the league, but I might also just want to jump right into my career. I, so, cause that's like many goals of mine. So some are mutually exclusive. So I'm just going to have to decide, you know, when the time comes, but it's just very sad that they don't get paid more because yes. that's really a deciding factor for a lot. And then when they get um, like all the rookies who get drafted, they get cut in the first three months because there's just not enough spots on the roster. So me and my dad talk about this all the time. Of they need to open up more teams, add more teams into the league, and then we'll talk. You know, like it's just very sad that they have to deal with this. Yeah, no, it's very, very well said and, and so true. Um, wow, you know, it's been great having you on the show, Maddie. Uh, Thank appreciate you, you for, sharing, for sharing the story. All right, what do you guys think, girls? Yeah. And that's our show for today. We'd like to thank Maddie Campbell for being a special guest on our podcast. From our GBA family to yours, continue to lead with Ganas. Thank you for listening to Ganas, Leading from the Heart. If you found this podcast episode interesting, please make sure to share with your family and friends. We have a valuable collection of episodes with inspiring guests. We'd appreciate... If you subscribe to our show, Ganas, Leading from the Heart. Can you boost to the top now and fair that we're running from the cops? Now this is America.